It's the reason why you don't like Christians. It's the reason why you kind of are not a church person yourself. And you can't even believe that we're going to be talking about this today in church because uh, of all the stuff that's happening, especially over the, a lot of the stuff that's happened for the past week and everybody's getting, blowing up Facebook and stuff. This is the passage. You didn't know where it was found, but you say it a lot. And let's just, we're, we're just going to dig right into it because Matthew 7, 1, Jesus says this. Let's all read it together. Can we do this? Do not... All right, let's do that one more time, all right? Do not judge. Exactly right. And this is one of those things, and I want to give you a definition of what judging is. Judging, when you judge somebody, you size them up and you write them off. You size them up and then you write them off. And what Jesus is saying here is do not judge all right do not judge don't look at me with a bad attitude don't look at me and and, and judge me on the base of what i wear don't judge me on the base of the tattoos that i have or lack of tattoos don't judge me on what you see on my body don't judge me and write me off don't size me up don't write me off don't look down upon me that's what he's saying and again maybe you've heard this but you just didn't know where it was found, you do now. Matthew 7, 1. And it's found in Jesus' most popular sermon, the sermon he did on the mount. Now, a question I want to ask. Why do religious people tend to judge? Why do you think religious people tend to be so judgmental? Can, can, again, I hope we can be honest in here today. Don't you think that religious people can be very judgmental? I, I agree. And when I say that, I just want to go on record by saying, I have been very judgmental in my past. And I still struggle with this. In fact, if you're a Christian or a Christ follower, you probably still struggle with this as well. Um, why, do we, why do religious people tend to be so dadgum judgmental? Well, you know what? I think there's two primary reasons. The first one is, I just think, you know, religious people are just, can be very jealous we're jealous because, and we, we judge because we're jealous because we see sinners having a whole lot more fun than we are. Can we be honest? I mean, when, when the Bible says, okay, you, if you're a Christ follower, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do that, and, and if we see other people doing that, and their nose isn't growing, and, and it seems like they're getting ahead and we're not, we're just angry, right? We, we get frustrated because they are having a whole lot more fun sinning then we are having a whole lot more fun trying to be christ-like in fact a, a pastor that i really respect his name is craig rochelle he says it this way you know what <laughs> if sin isn't fun for you then you're doing it wrong and i agree with that sin is fun and this is what happens to religious people self-righteous people is we see other people having a great time and you know what? We're trying to be Christ-like, and we've got no joy, and we're trying to have the joy of the Lord. Yeah! And they're over, you know, going, eh, right? And we're like, dude, God, what are you going to do to them? And we think, okay, because we're religious, and we're righteous, right? That we should, they shouldn't be having as much fun as we are. But we're jealous. Because, it, I mean, it's the bomb.com for them. And for us, it's just, eh. Right? Let me tell you, there's another reason why I think that religious people tend to be so judgmental. And this is going to leave a mark. I think 
we're just self-righteous. We're self-righteous. Um, and, and I know this is going to be a little harsh, but let me describe what self-righteousness is. Self-righteousness is arrogant. It's arrogant and it's ignorant. It's arrogant and it's ignorant. Now let me explain that. It's ignorant because of this. It's ignorant because we compare ourselves to others, but we seem to keep God on a leash. It, it, let me explain it this way. It's ignorant and it's arrogant. We say, okay, God, sit. Sit, God. I cannot believe she is doing that. Can you believe what she is wearing? Did you see that lower back tattoo? Oh, my gosh, right? And when she bends over, oh, dear Jesus. Stay. Sit, God. Stay. All right? Can you believe what he is doing over there? I mean, he went to this, and he went to that, and he went to this club, and I can't believe what I saw he did and what he posted on Facebook and Twitter. And sit, God. I would never do that. Oh my gosh. You see, self-righteous people are ignorant and they're arrogant. Now, I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm saying they're ignorant. And here's the reason why. It's because self-righteous people dumb down God's holiness and elevate their own. Thanks for coming to One Church. Self-righteous people dumb down God's holiness and they elevate their own. It would be like if I was playing uh, against LeBron. All right, and um, we got this ten foot basketball goal, and I lowered it to three foot, and then I go and I go and I dunk it, and then I I talk smack. Did you just see what I did? Right, I, I'm talking smack to LeBron. Did you just did you see what I did? Right, and LeBron's like it was three feet. Right, I mean I could do that with my toe. Like, I think I just hurt myself with that. You see that, Eric? I'm just saying. I mean, here's the thing. We have a tendency to dumb down God's standard, God's measuring, and we elevate our own. And consequently, self-righteous people are very rarely self-aware people. Because, because if you're self-righteous, you have a tendency to be judgmental. And, and, and again, I get that because I've been there. I have. And I have a tendency, if I'm going to slip towards anything, it's going to be towards that. But here's the thing, and we're going to see this. These are the people in the Bible, self-righteous people, that Jesus hated the most. And I'm using that word hated intentionally. Now, for here, for those who are in here and you're like, okay, do not judge, and you feel like that's all Jesus said. Well, let me tell you, that's not all that Jesus said. Let's put it up there again. It says, do not judge, and notice, there is no period here. Jesus continues on with this process. It says, Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be what? Judge. And basically, he's saying this, and this whole idea, don't criticize me, don't compare me, don't confront me. But Jesus says, no, no, no. There's not a period, there's a comma. And what, what, the, what Jesus has thought here is this, is this simply, next time someone judges you, next time someone judges you, you need to quote this to them. Next time somebody like, gets all up in your business, you need to just simply say this, do not judge, or you too will be judged. In fact, can we say that? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. And let's say it a little bit more passion, all right? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Now, let's get some hand gestures in there. Let's get some fingers in there. Finger point, not that finger. All right, I got I to clarify that with one church people, all right? Somebody going, okay, I got it, I got it. All right, now, ready? This finger, all right? Everybody get your finger out. Not, again, not that finger. Ready? Do not judge, 
or you too will be judged. Again, that, there's not a lot of passion over here. Don't make me come off stage. All right, I'm coming. Ready? There you go. Yeah. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. You see, that's really the essence of what Jesus is saying here. In fact, we can say, okay, that's our big idea today. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Now, he goes on, verse 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Literally, Jesus is saying this. With what judgment you judge, you too will be judged. With what measuring stick you have a tendency to measure other people, you're going to be measured by your same measuring stick. So you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Because if you judge people that way, you too will be judged. Now, let me again, let's summarize maybe Jesus' big idea that he's making, and this is a possible big idea. We're going to look at this. It says this. Judge unto others as you would have others judge unto you. That's what he's teaching. Judge unto others the way you want to be judged because when you judge, it's going to come back on you. It's, it's like, you know, you, you throw something against somebody and it's like rubber and it comes off of them, bounces off them and it sticks to you like glue. Anybody remember that little saying? All right, go, go. All right, That's what kind of Jesus is saying here. All right? Judge unto others as you would have them judge unto you. And that leads us to a great question. How do you want to be judged? How do you want to be judged? Well, I'll be the first one to answer. I want to be judged not, right? I don't want anybody judging me. I don't want anybody all up in my business and confronting me and wagging their finger at me. But I'm going to say this. If they're going to judge me, let me tell you how I want them to judge me. I want them to judge me with mercy. I want them to judge me with grace. Here's what I'm, I'm saying. When they judge me, I want you to take into account my family. When you judge me, I want you to take into account my family history and kind of how I, how I kind of acted in, 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 in high school and in college and in elementary school. I want you to take into account my struggles, my insecurities. I want you to take into account, if you're going to judge me, I want you to take into account the things that I struggle with, the temptations I struggle with. And the insecurities I can't even control. And especially, if you're going to judge me, I want you to take into account that, you know, I'm a little self-conscious because of the way I walk, because I kind of walk like a duck. And, I, and I'm overweight. I've always struggled with my weight. And I've tried different things. I've tried bike riding, and that almost killed me. And I've tried uh, all of this other stuff. And I just, I just want you to take into account all of that, if you're going to judge me. I want you to judge me with mercy and with grace. I want you, to, if you're going to judge me, take into account my entire story and not just that one instance, not just that one action, not just that one thought I had, not just that one spring break, not just that one bad tattoo decision. I want you to take into account the whole of me. Don't, I mean, if, don't judge me because I have a bad hair day or I have a no hair day, all right? If you're going to judge me, take my whole life into account. But Jesus continues by asking a question. This is in verse 3. Jesus has this question. Why do you look at the what? The Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And this is the part, i got to be honest with you, we all really like. Because it, it confirms our suspicions. There really is something wrong with you. Right? I mean, you may not think there's something wrong with you, but there really, I mean, there is a speck of sawdust there. And it's like Jesus is saying, okay, I, I, have you... It's okay to have your opinions of that person. It's okay to have your prejudged, you know, idea. And, and, and it's okay to have that because there really is something wrong. And it's like, we, we all do that. Again, some of you are just looking a little just too, 
pious this morning, but I mean, you ever see somebody and you're like, I cannot believe she wore that. Dear Jesus, do you see how low that's cut? Or how high that's cut up? Right? I mean, dead God. Or when somebody, you know, uh, rolls up his sleeves and you're like, oh my gosh, did you see that tattoo? Did you see that four little word? I mean, and we see there's something wrong. And it's like when we get this, when we read this verse, it's like Jesus is saying, you know what? It's okay to draw your conclusions, it's okay to notice, it's okay to have opinions about other people. So we noticed it. So that's good, right? Well, Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus goes on. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to what? The plank in your own eye. All right? That's what it says. So this is a really easy question to answer. I got to be honest with you. It's a really easy question to answer, and it's simply because this. Many times I like looking at the speck of sawdust in your eye because it distracts me from the plank in my own. Right? I mean, by looking at your problems and looking at your junk, I'm not looking at my junk anymore. And all of us have a tendency to do that, don't we? All of us have a tendency to judge other people and look at their issues because we really don't want to look at the issues in our own life. It distracts us from the plank that's in my eye. And it makes me feel better about myself. Because when I look at you, I'm like, gum, he is really jacked up. So that means I'm... I'm better, right? You ever notice when we compare to other people, we, always, we never do compare up, do we? We always compare down. I mean, we all like, man, compared to Adolf Hitler, I am an amazing person. <laughs> right? I never do compare myself to Billy Graham, right? Or she, you know, I just, when I compared to um, Eva Braun, some of you don't know who that is, that's Hitler's uh, wife, you know, I'm pretty good. Right? Uh, Eva Braun joke at one church. Drop the mic, by the way. Um, but we never compare ourselves to Mother Teresa. You see, we always have a tendency to compare ourselves with people who are more jacked up than we are. Why? Because self-righteous people? <laughs> we dumb down God's holiness and we always elevate our own. All right? So the reason why we like judging... The reason why we like looking at the speck is because it distracts us from the, the plank in our eye. And second is this, is you know what? Honestly, Jesus, I really didn't know I had an issue. I really didn't know that I really had a plank in my eye. I mean, Jesus, I mean, really what I got, it's really not that bad, right? I mean, my sin is so much less worse than her sin or his sin. I mean, come on. I'm picking on you guys in the room. I need to start picking on you guys. You guys, I mean, what I'm doing is so, it's nothing compared to what you're doing right? I mean, we have this tendency to think, okay, it distracts from our own junk, but we really don't think our issues are sin. Our issues are just issues, right? They're habits, right? Um, And I could break them at any time. I just choose not to, okay? All right? (laughs) Then Jesus says, and he clarifies the do not judge here, and he takes us right to the heart of the matter, and this is in verse 4. Jesus says this, how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye. When all the time there is a plank in your own eye. And this is the essence of what the not and the do not judge is. I mean, how dare you point out what's wrong with me when you've got so much that's wrong with you? I mean, then Jesus punctuates it. He puts a big old honking punctuation point by these next two words. Let's all say it together. You. Now. You ask the average person, how come you don't go to church? What are they going to say? 
exactly right, all right? That the church is full of hypocrites. That's exactly what, what we would say. And let me define what a hypocrite is based in this context of what Jesus is saying. A hypocrite is somebody that's more fascinated about what's wrong with you than what's wrong with themselves. A hypocrite is somebody who's, more, who's preoccupied more with finding something wrong in other people instead of finding something wrong in themselves. A hypocrite is somebody who is worried about a speck, a speck in somebody else's eye when they got a two-by-four piece of plywood with some sheetrock dangling from their own. Right? I mean, a hypocrite is someone who's wanting to find something wrong with everybody else. By the way, that's you people. And not with your own. That's what a hypocrite is. And this is kind of harsh, isn't it? It's like, mm, that's going to sting. Right? It is. Because guess what? I have issues. And you have issues. Right? All of, all of us have issues. And we should just focus on our own issues. And, and you focus on your issues. I focus on my issues. And if you focus on your stuff, I focus on my stuff. Then all God's people, we can hold hands and sing, we are the world. We can do that, Right? We can. In fact, Jesus' big idea up to this point could be said is this. Mind your own stinking business. That's what Jesus' big idea could be up to this point. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. He could have just said that. Again, drop the mic. Lesson over. You deal with your stuff. I deal with my stuff. Because, you know, you know your history and she knows her insecurities. And he knows his experiences and backgrounds and past. And she knows all of the things that she's tempted with. And we, if we could just mind our own business, then we can clasp hands and we can sing. Right? But guess what? Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. See, just as do not judge doesn't have a comma, you hypocrite, there is no period after it. Because Jesus continues. And this isn't our big idea for today. This isn't what Jesus is saying. Jesus says this, and he goes on. He says, first, you hypocrite. You hypocrite. And then he says this little word, first. First. First sounds like he's getting ready to give us a list, doesn't he? Because if you have something first, you've got to have something what? Bam. Exactly right. Second. So he's saying this, first, you hypocrite, how dare, you know, you try to deal, you know, interfere with this, and you expect Jesus to say, first, mind your own business and then be done, but he says no. He says, first, and then he gives us the next part of this. First, take the plank out of your eye, your own eye, and then you will see clearly. Oh, okay. Then we can see clearly. So what, what Jesus is saying is simply this, okay, that... If I can take the speck and the plank out of my own eye, then I can see clearly, and I can see just how jacked up you are. And because I see how much jacked up you are, I can realize, you know what? I got to deal with my own jacked up this. Right? It's, it's a word. Look it up. All right? Urban Dictionary. Just saying. That I can see how messed up you are. And when I see how messed up you are, then I can deal with my own messed up this. All right? I can do that. So Jesus' big idea could just be this. When I'm tempted to pass judgment on thee, I should stop and check for traces in me. You see, that's what Jesus is teaching here. When I'm tempted to pass judgment on thee, did you see that? Can you believe that he posted that on Facebook last week? Can you, did you see that tweet? Did you see the location 
of what they were at on Facebook. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe they were there, right? I mean, did you see what? And, and by looking at your messed upness, I can say, okay, maybe I shouldn't post that. Maybe I shouldn't tweet that. Maybe I shouldn't be here, right? And that's what Jesus is saying here, that I will become a better version of me based upon how I look at how much you're such a mess. And, and your issues have helped me overcome my issues. But guess what? Jesus didn't stop there. See, just as there is a first, there's going to have to be a second, isn't there? And, and, and you have to ask the question, what is second? If first is to take the, the plank out of my own eye, what is second? What is second? And here's the thing. And if you're new to Christianity, if the Bible thing is new to you, if you're not a church person, and maybe you got offended by a church person because of this whole judging thing, you, here's what. I want you to get to the essence of what Christianity is all about. And here it is. That following Jesus never stops with what's in it for you. You see, to be a Christian, to be a, a follower of Christ, a Christ follower, you need to know this, that following Jesus at the end of the day is all about leveraging what God has done for me for the sake of other people. Because at the epicenter of Jesus' teaching is simply this, love one another the way that I have loved you. So when you look at the mess in your life and then decide, okay, I, I'm going to write you off. I'm not going to write you off. Instead, I'm going to look in the mirror so I can become a better me. Here's what Jesus is saying. That's not the end. That's not the end result. There is something else. There is a second. Here's what he says. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and here's the second part and then you will see clearly again notice there's no period here period to remove the speck from your brother's eye you see the problem with me minding my own business is that it does nothing for the person whose business needs minding the problem with seeing something in me and it just simply motivates me to become a better person because I see something that's in you is that it does nothing for you. It does nothing for you. And suddenly, Jesus spins this whole thing around. The thing that we thought he was going to say, hey, mind your own business. Don't do it. You don't put your nose where it doesn't belong. We thought Jesus was going to say that. He doesn't end there. And... We doesn't, he doesn't end with, okay, then look at other people's sin, and then you can look at your own life, and you can become a better you. You can become a you 2.0, right? He doesn't end there. That's not all there is. This, is simply, this isn't simply just about leaving people alone, and this isn't simply just about minding your own business, and it's certainly not about becoming a better person based upon all the issues you see in me, Right? This is about getting to a place where you and I are in a place where we can appropriately approach someone about stuff that's in their lives. To which we say, whoa, 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 Chris, that's so judgmental. And where Jesus leans in and says, no, it's not judgmental. That's love. Jesus commands us, don't miss this. He commands us to address our stuff but not for our own sake. Jesus commands us to address our issues, to prepare us to help other people with their issues. He commands us to take the plank out of our own eye 
not so simply that we can see better, but so that we can be able to help others who are struggling with their issues. And let me tell you, that's not judgmental. That's loving. That's loving. It takes us right back to that command that Jesus gave his disciples on the night that he was betrayed. Jesus says this. John 13 says, You're good. A new command I give you. Love one another. You see, the problem with self-righteousness and jealousy is that those, all of that gets in the way of love. But self-awareness paves the way to that kind of love that Jesus asked us to show one another. See, judge not does not equate to care not. Judge not does not require, equate to act not. Judge not does not equate to react not. Judge not doesn't portray itself as, I'm going to just mind my own business, or my stuff doesn't stink, but your stuff does. Judge not does not give me the permission to size you up and just write you off. Here's Jesus' big idea. It's simply this. Love forbids me to size you up and to write you off. But hear me on this. Love forbids me to size you up and walk away. You see, what Jesus is simply saying in these five verses is, you know what? It's, It's wrong to size people up and write people off. But let me tell you, it's also wrong to size people up and just to do nothing about it and to walk away. From people. Love forbids me from simply just minding my own business when I notice that perhaps your business needs minding. And that's not judgmental, that is love. So let's summarize again what Jesus is actually teaching. He, and let's just use his words. If you want to really know what Jesus is teaching about judging, it doesn't end with do not judge. Because see, that's what we all know, and that's what we remember, and that's what we quote to other people. This is what Jesus says Take the plank out of your eye in preparation for removing the speck from your brother's eye. You see, when Jesus says do not judge, he does say do not judge, but he doesn't stop there. Now, as I think about this passage, as we kind of wind this down, it really does, I think with all the people that are in here this morning, I think there's three three groups of us. There's three audiences, there's three groups of people in here that's going to struggle with one or three of these different things. All right, And let's just talk about the first group. The first is this. Some of you are here, and you have a tendency to size people up and then to write them off. And you are, I hate to say this, you're self-righteous. You are. And let me tell you, this is the thing that Jesus despised the most. This is the thing that drove Jesus crazy. This is the thing that as you're reading the Gospels and you hear what Jesus said to the religious people in power, you don't have to, you don't have to wonder why he was crucified. Because when you're calling people a viper and a snake and that you, you got dead stuff living inside you but you look good on the outside, you say that to enough people in, in the public in front of the face and, and you start posting that on your Facebook page, you're going to get hated, Right? Mr. Rogers don't do that, right? Everybody likes Mr. Rogers, but Jesus was crucified. And you, you, you look at this, and the reason why is because Jesus, self-righteous people 
just made Jesus angry. Let me tell you how angry it made. He got so angry that not once but twice, he says, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. And he went and he made a whip out of leather, and he went, he went on Indiana Jones on him, right? Right? He actually did it. You've you got to read your Bibles. It's so amazing, right? He goes in, and he's, I mean, he is flogging people out of the temple, and he's overturning all this stuff, and he's, up, he's upsetting the apple cart. And, and that's when self-righteous people say, oh, we've got to do something about this Jesus dude. And guess what? They did. Let me tell you, self-righteous people, and some of you are here, and you just are. Let me tell you what you need to do if you struggle with self-righteousness. And it's a word, it's a two-syllable word that you always apply to other people, but you never apply it to yourself. And it's simply this, you need to repent. That's a churchy word that just means you need to change. You need to change. And again, aren't you glad you came to one church today? This is so encouraging, right? It's like, okay, thanks, preacher. All right, well, let's keep on. Let me just say this. If the sin of others doesn't break your heart, you probably haven't been broken by your own sin. You see, if, you're, if your natural tendency is to just judge people and write them off, then let me tell you what. You're not self-aware. You have dumbed down God's holiness. And you're always comparing yourself to people who are lower, who are more jacked up than you are. But let me tell you, Jesus said it, well, Paul said it this way in Romans 3.23, that none of us, none of us, can you say none of us with me? None of us. One more time. None of us. None of us, we've, we're not there to God's standard. All of us fall short. All of us fall short. Me included. Everyone. So if that's you, you haven't come face to face with your own sin. You've dumbed down God's holiness and you've elevated your own and you need to repent. All right, let's move on before everybody walks out. All right, second audience is this. Second group of people, you just have a tendency to size people up and you walk away. And you see people with issues and you see problems and you know you've got your own issues and problems, but then you say stuff like this, well, there except for the grace of God go I. Or, uh, God, you know, that just breaks my heart, and I see my friend doing that, and when I see my coworker acting that way, and when I see my, my friend, and she does this, and she goes out here every night, and I see what the, that's how it's affecting her family, and it's affecting her, her marriage, and it's affecting her, her kids, and God, I just I want to pray for that person. I want to lift them up in prayer, and again, I, I, I'm just brokenhearted by their own situation, and I, God, I know you're brokenhearted, and God, it just reminds their stuff just reminds me of the grace of God in my life and your forgiveness in my life, and I'm just so better off because of you, not because of me, because of you, and I'm so grateful, but God, I just, I, I'm not going to go talk to that person. I'm not going to do that. That's not my job. I mean, dead gum. It's none of my business. Let me tell you, this passage, Jesus says, no, it is your business. It is your business. Confronting your people about their stuff isn't insensitive. And don't miss this. Confronting your people about their issues is not insensitive. It's what love requires of you. I mean, after all, y'all remember this song? I can see clearly now the plank is gone. Y'all know that, right? All right? So, so I mean, you can just sing it with me. Y'all want to sing it with me? You're like, nope. That's good, Pastor. All right? But see, here's the thing. 
what, what he's saying is God has done something in your heart and in my heart and in your life and in my life that we can see clearly. You can see clearly what sin is doing to her. You can see clearly what sin is doing to him and the habits that he's got going and how it's just, it's just it's taking him down a path that's not going to go well. And, but you know what? You don't see clearly for Jesus' sake. You don't see clearly just because, okay, now I'm a better person. No, no, no. You see clearly for the sake of other people around you because it is your business to confront, to approach, and to deal with difficult situations. Love does not, love doesn't size people up and write them off, and love doesn't size people up and just walk away. And let me tell you what this is going to affect. This means that you're going to be, you're going to have to confront. You see, your issue isn't you need to repent. You need to confront. And you need to do so, again, in a loving way. Because love does not permit me to size people up and to walk away. Now, I've got to be honest with you. As a pastor, sometimes I struggle with this. I'm a people person, right? And I want people to like me. But when I get people around me that I love, and hear me, that's the big if, isn't it? See, people around you that you love, and they start sharing some stuff, and you're like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Right? And I struggled earlier on in ministry, and I still do. I, I still, the thing that tears me up is when I know I have to have a conversation with somebody because if I don't, sin is going to take them so far down a road that they don't want to go on. And because I love them, I, I, I'm not trying to throw stones at them. I just don't want them to get hurt. Because you know that there's not one sin that leads to life. It's not. Every sin leads to death. And just as if you saw somebody in your immediate family if they were going in a car, going 80 miles an hour down a road, and there is construction ahead and the bridge is out, what would you do? Would you say, well, you know what, I'm not going to judge them. <laughs> no, it ain't my place to just get, you know, they want to drive that way, they can do whatever they want to. Hey, it's their, you know, it's their choice. No, no. What would you be doing? That's what you would be doing. And it's not because you hate them because you love them you see if you really love somebody you're going to confront i was reading my in my bible reading yesterday i was in proverbs 27 i believe it's in 27:16 it says this wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy you see and i asked my boys we were going canoeing yesterday <coughs> i asked my boys i said what do you think that means and my boy Bing, my seven-year-old, he says, well, when you, sometimes when you, you like people and you love people and they're your friends, you're going to tell them stuff they don't want to hear. I'm like, ding, 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 right? And see, some of you, you're in this audience where you just want to, you don't want to confront. But if you truly love them, you have to. Now, let's go to audience three. This is going to be a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. You've been sized up, but you refuse to listen. Someone has confronted you and they've come to you about something in your life and you just wrote them off as being judgmental. And you probably even quoted this verse. Hey, you, you, don't, you don't judge me, right? Right? You don't do that. It ain't your, it's none of your business. You keep your nose out of my business. And you looked them right at the eye and you said, you've got no right. You've got no right. 
And they said something along the lines of, you know, sweetheart, honey, friend, you know, Bob, Jill, Jane, whoever, you know, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not, I don't want to judge you. But you know what? I, I just, I don't want you to be hurt. And, and you're like this, no, and you've got no, and you, you, you were so obstinate, and you threw this in their face. You've got no right to judge me. But you know what? Somewhere in your heart of hearts, you knew huh, they were right. And somewhere in your heart of hearts, you were like, you know what? I've got to change. And somewhere in your heart, you were just thinking, you know what? There's some truth in there. And if that's you, let me tell you, when you're defensive, this is, this is on the screen, this is huge, defensiveness. Defes- defensiveness ensures that your past will continue to show up in your future. Somebody need to tweet that. Because some of you, every time your wife confronts you, no, I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not like that. Right? And, and, and everybody, you are not self-aware. Right? I mean, and, and I'll be honest with you, I struggle with this. I struggle with this one. My wife tells me, don't be so defensive. I ain't being defensive. Right? But let me tell you, when I'm defensive, it's just ensuring that my junk of what I've been doing is going to show up in the future. So, if this is you, you don't, your thing that you need to do is you just need to listen. You got to listen. Because here's what's happened. You've used how people have confronted you as an excuse, uh, and nobody confronts people perfectly. This is never fun, by the way. And by the way, if you're the person who's like, I like confronting people, you're not the person to do it. (laughs) That just means you're kind of a, what's the word that I can use even right now? I can't even, uh, you're kind of a mean person. All right, that's the PG-13 version, all right? I was thinking of other things, and yes, I'm a pastor, right? Um, but you're, if you like it, that ain't you. But the rest of us, we're like, Man, I love her, but I, she's kind of, she's going, yeah. But, oh, God, I'm going to pray for her. I ain't going to tell her. <laughs> Some of you, you just need to listen. When somebody comes to you, you just need to listen. Now, here's what, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to end. Uh, and this is just going to be awkward for every one of us. So if this is your first time here at One Church, um, we're going to do something crazy, crazy awkward, all right? And if you're at, here at home or you're watching online, maybe you're by yourself, I want, I want this to be an all-skate. Everybody needs to participate. Can, can you do that? Everybody nod your heads if you agree with me. If you don't, I'm going to come down there, all right? Anyway, so here's what we're going to do, is we're going to go through, and I'm going to go through each one of these audiences, and if this is you, I want you to raise your hand. All right? Now, if you struggle with this one. So all, I think all of us are going to struggle with one of three of these camps. All right? And, uh, and we're going to do this together. I'm going to participate as well. All right? So that, again, all of us do this. And it's going to be difficult. But you know what? The reason why we're doing this is this is your first step. Remember, Jesus said there's some steps here. And this is the first step of you and I taking the plank out of our own eye. So can we do this together? And by the way, if you're sitting at home, maybe watching this with another person, this is going to be really awkward for you. All right, so again, I'm going to go through the steps, and then, I, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. So don't raise your hand yet, all right, because you don't want, like, it's me, pastor! And they're like, oh, stop, all right. So here it is. You size people up and write them off, okay? Um, you size people up and walk away, and you've been sized up and you refuse to listen. So let's kind of let's work through this, all right? Let's do the first group. The first group, you have a tendency to size people up and you write them off. Who would, who would say you're that? Okay, I'm there. All right, okay. Let me tell you, 
for us, because I'm in your camp, we have a tendency to be self-righteous. And we're not very self-aware. And we look at other people's sins as so much worse than our own habits. Let me tell you, a, a person that I love and respect here at One Church um, once said this to me. You know what? We all sin the same. Excuse me. We all have different sins, but we all repent the same. That's very true. Very true. So we have a tendency to say, your sin is so much worse than my own. But guess what? None of us measure up to God's sin. So if that's you, that's me, we need to repent. So let's do that. Let's give me to put our, that's, you're the first group. Let me see us. Put your hands. All right. You're taking a step. Good. All right, good. You help taking that plank. All right. Let's go to the next group. All right. You have a, you have a tendency to size people up, and then you walk away. I mean, your idea is thinking, okay, I'm just, I love them, but, you know, I don't want us to do anything about them. How many of you would say, raise them up high? You're, some of you are like, mm. all right, that's the problem. All right, keep them high. Go high. Oh, wow, look, everybody look around. That's, that's, a, that's, that's probably most of us, right? I mean, again, I have this tendency as well. Because you know what? You feel like, okay, I still got mess in my life. Or it could be, you know what? I, I, I don't want them to reject me. Or it may be, you know what? Um, you know, I just, I love them, but it's going to cause conflict. But you saw all the hands that are around. What if we really loved one another? I mean, this is the part where we one another one another, right? And so many of us, you think, well, that's the pastor's job to say something to that person. No, 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 no. This is where the brothers and sisters of Christ do life with the brothers and sisters in Christ. And the best way this happens here at this church isn't in a group like this. Because I'm not going to look at Adam Young and say, Adam, hey, this is your problem. I, I'm going to do that from stage. In fact, I just did. And Adam, your problem is, I'm just joking. See, I'm not going to do that. Because Adam's going to walk away, right? He's going to say, deuces, right? But let me tell you where this does happen. It happens in the context of community where people that know you the best love you the most. All right, I'm going to get off that. Now, this third group. Now, this is going to be difficult. See, this third group, don't raise your hands yet. You're just like, you know what? Let's just be honest. You're just kind of a hot mess, right? And, and when I say that, we're not judging you. We're not. You see, somebody has tried to come and talk to you about some things, and you threw Scripture at them, or maybe you were defensive, and really the thing that you needed to do the most was just listen. And some of you, you know that you've got struggles, and you know that you're not perfect, and you've got some huge glaring blind spots, but you're just not listening. How many of you, you would have the courage to say, you know what? That's me, Chris. Who would that be? Good. Wow, guys. You can put your hands down. reason why I love you guys is because so many times in most churches, none of us would probably raise our hands with that. Because we have a really good way of just kind of covering up our own mess. The thing I like about you guys, and the reason why I love this passage, is if we're really going to love people the way that God is calling us to love people, then guess what we're going to have to do? We are going to have to get involved in the lives of messy people. And sometimes our life is going to be a little bit of chaos and chaotic, and we're going to get messy as well. But we do that not because we want to throw stones. We do that not because I've got it all together. We do that 
because that's what love requires. That's what love requires. So my question is, we close. All of us, I think God has some stuff in our minds that we need to do our next step. Some of you, you just need to listen. You got some stuff in your life. You just, you need to stop being defensive. You need to listen. Others of you, I think most of us, you just need to take a breath and you need to call her and call him. Let's take that. You need to have a face-to-face conversation with them where you confront them in love, but you confront them. And knowing that it's not going to go perfectly, but you do it because you love them. And for the rest of us, we got to stop being self-righteous. we got to stop pretending that our stuff don't stink. And that all of us are sinners. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for this passage of Scripture. Wow, it's so difficult. It's so challenging. It's some things that i got to be honest with you that I just, I wish you didn't say because it just hits right to my heart of things that I struggle with. Lord, that so many times I can be self-righteous and I can pretend that my stuff is just okay. And that my habit really isn't sin. And it's not, it's, you know, it's just, I could stop it at any time. But Lord, I don't. And it breaks your heart. Because God, I've, I've put you on a leash. I've dumbed down your holiness. God, Lord, I also know that I struggle with wanting people to like me. I know a lot of people in here do as well. And we feel like, you know what, if I do confront them, they may not like me anymore. But Lord, your word says so clearly, Lord, that if, if we're going to be a true friend, sometimes we have to wound people. Not because we have bad intentions, but because we have good intentions. And Heavenly Father, for those of us in here today that we, we are struggling with some things, and Lord, we just, we really, we're kind of messy. God, I pray that we would listen. That we would listen to your spirit. We would listen to you, Jesus Christ. And that we would be able to take all of that stuff. We would be able to put it at your feet. And we would change. And Lord, for some of us, that means that we need to begin a relationship with you today. Because we know this, Jesus Christ. For some of us in here, we have tried changing. And it hasn't worked. We've tried going into the 12-step program, and it didn't work. We've tried putting filters on the Internet, but it didn't work. We tried all of this stuff, God. But, Lord, the one thing that we have missing in our heart, in our life, is the person who created life. That is you, Jesus. So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's somebody in here today say, you know what, God, I've tried everything else. And I am a hot mess. But Jesus Christ, I pray right now that you would come into my heart, into my life. That you would hear my prayer and know, God, I know that I don't measure up to your standard. But Lord, the great thing about Jesus is that he does measure up. And Lord, his standard has now become my standard. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would come into my heart and into my life, that you would cleanse me and forgive me of my sins.
And Lord, thank you for listening to this prayer. And Lord, my next step is I am beginning a relationship with you, Jesus Christ. Put you in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming today. I've missed hanging out with you guys and preaching with you guys for the past couple of weeks. And I hope you enjoyed it today. We're going to be a, had a great time with this series. I'm going to get off the stage. And while I'm getting off, we have a, a couple of announcements that's going to scroll. And you guys are free to go. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Hey, One Church family, I'm Leslie Cherry. Thank you for either tuning in or hanging out with us this week. Just a few quick announcements. July 11th is a moving day. We're asking all of you to come out and help us move from our current office location on Tiny Town Road to our new location on Trenton Road. If you have a truck or a trailer or a really strong back, we would love to have your help. We'll be starting at 8 a.m. and we're going to work as long as we can. It won't be all work, though. To say thank you, lunch will be on us. Our next family night at Tiebreaker Water Park in Hopkinsville will be July 26th. It'll be $8 per person, and that'll cover your admission and your dinner. Here's the best part, though. If your kids have come to all eight weeks of the summer and gotten their passport stamped, they'll get in for free. If you haven't yet downloaded the OneChurch.tv app, we hope that you will. You can go back and watch or listen to all of our past sermon series, or stay connected with our current series if you happen to miss a week. You can download the app in the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store. Last but not least, we would love to know what God is doing in your life. After the service, the staff will be out in the hall at the next tent. If you have any questions about your next step, whether that be starting a relationship with Jesus, serving on one of our volunteer teams, or becoming an owner here at One Church, we would love to have the opportunity to talk about that with you. We hope everyone has a great week. Go out and be the church.